Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks, and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Matt just hit me. No, it was more of a... It was. It was a, it was a love pack. I just realized we never touch. touch. We, we stand so close together when we do this, and I yeah. never reach out and just... Touch my shoulder? Get familiar with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, here I, here I am. There. Uh, my name is Ben Sternkey, yeah. and I'm here uh, with Matt Tebby. And that laugh that you heard uh, on, the, on the other line was uh, our friend Aaron Damiani, who is a, uh, a pastor in the Chicagoland area. And uh, today we're going to talk about Lent. It's gonna be fun. Aaron's gonna Aaron's gonna teach us all about Lent. Dryer sheets. <laughs> yep. Right. Belly buttons. Filters. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Lent. No. Lent. 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 The church season. Uh, but before we get into that, um, Aaron, why don't you yes. give us a little introduction to uh, who you are, what you're all about, what you're up to? Yeah. Well, I uh, live here in Chicago, so I'm a Midwesterner, born and raised. And uh, my wife, Laura, and I have been married for 16 years. We've got four kids and lead a busy life um, helping to uh, shepherd a church plant in Chicago. It's in Uptown, and uh, we, we love that work. We, so we just had um, some newcomers over to our dinner table, brought us back to those early days, you know, when we yeah. kind of just started with a lot of hospitality and feasting and hmm. um leading into kingdom life. So, um, living the dream really. <laughs> it sounds like it. Uh, that's great. Uh, some of our, some of our good friends, we, we've got mutual friends, um, that are, yes. that are part of your church. And so, um, heard a lot about you, heard great things from them about you, and it's good to uh, have a conversation with you. So, well, it's, it's it. fun to be able to sit down and, yeah. and have a chat about some meaningful things like, uh, removing lint from our lives. Removing lint. From Which lives. is what I did when I left mm-hmm. college. So I grew up practicing Lent in a, in a Roman <laughs> yes. Catholic context. Uh, and for me, it was about mm. not eating meat on Fridays. Right. Yeah. Uh, getting a filet fish McDonald's or going to a fish fry at one of the various Knights yeah. of Columbus or, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Catholic churches around me. Right. And it was about giving something up mm. uh, during, during Lent that... Um, and and the more miserable it made you, the better. 
Yeah. Why? Why <laughs> right, exactly. would I ever want to do that again, Aaron? Mm. Yeah, it sounds point. miserable. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's been a Gravity Leadership podcast. Right. Lint, don't do it. <laughs> Lint, it'll make you miserable if you're if you're into that. Yeah. It starts tomorrow. Just be aware, right. Catholics will be eating fish on Fridays. But yes. Anyway, no. Yeah. Why would that why? always kind of crank me up though? Too. I yeah. feel like fish is meat. Like if you tell a vegetarian that, that is, fish isn't meat, that is that's what they was get confusing hostile. for me as they well. They get hostile. Yeah. It's basically any anything that has lungs. You can't eat things with lungs. Oh, it has to do with lungs. I, well, we. <laughs> No, because I, you probably could eat like dolphin. Right. Well, that's yeah. I don't know how it worked out. It's probably in it's so, probably in some Vatican paper yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but that's brings, not why we have Aaron here. He no, doesn't know that. He stuff. doesn't know that stuff. So Lent starts tomorrow. Oh, this podcast is being released uh, on Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, as they say, and Lent starts tomorrow. But um, but yeah, we want to we want to ask Aaron. We want to ask you. Uh, you wrote a book about Lent called "The Good of Giving Up." Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Mm. Um, but why would people want to celebrate or observe this uh, this part of the Christian year that seems to be, you know, people like Matt have such negative memories of it? Like, what are, what are we doing in Lent, and, and why would we want to observe it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, like with anything, I mean, I, I didn't grow up Roman Catholic, but I had some sort of vestiges of growing up evangelical that held negative connotations. It was like overall good things that held negative connotations Mm. like, um, like evangelism or like Mm -hmm. quiet times or, (laughs) you know, um, yeah. I mean, even going to church for a lot of people is this, um, for them, it carries sort of baggage because they never connected their heart with what they were doing. And so it ended up being about, uh, about something else entirely rather than participating in God's grace and, you know, the reality of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit surrounding you with their love. And um, I think, yeah, for people mm-hmm. growing up, uh, sort of that's their experience of Lent is just going through meaningless motions. Yes. And all it leaves you is more miserable, you know, or right. self-righteous. Um, or, or self-righteous because of how miserable you are. Yeah, right. Right. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Most yeah. self-righteous yeah. people are miserable. Right. <laughs> that's proud right. Of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the pleasures of self-righteousness, the pleasures of misery are, you know, greater than you might assume. Um, Let us pray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think it's just important to say that that Lent is really about preparing our, our hearts, our souls, our, our bodies, our families, our churches for the presence of Christ mm. and for Easter and beyond. Um, mm. There's a There's a pilgrimage that we need to take. I think a lot of us assume that you know, oh, I'm ready for Easter. I'm ready for joy. And then Easter kind of sneaks up on you and you're like pretending, you know, and you're pr- <laughs> yes. pushing, yeah. pushing yourself to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so really what Lent does is it, it kind of takes us through the process that we need as human beings to, hmm. um, to have that long obedience in the same direction where we've got Jerusalem in our sights and we're going a step at a time towards the presence of Christ, um, his resurrection, his glory. Hmm. But we're taking up the easy yoke of his training along the way. Um, so it's, it really is that 40-day pilgrimage where we're seeking to be in the presence of Christ and become like him and prepare for all the glory he, he has for us. Yeah. Aaron, you said something profound, I think, and that is um, we don't really know how to feast hmm. unless we fast. Yeah. 
Yes. And, and we live in a consumer culture that is basically feasting 24-7. Totally. Right? Trying so, to. Trying to. Like, yeah. that's the American dream. And the right. American dream is you can always be at a feast. And yes. Sometimes it's yes. Uh, old country buffet. Holla. Sometimes it's Netflix. Sometimes it's, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's my, my job. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's uh, Home Shopping Network. Ben, I know that's one of your favorites. Like, whatever it is, like, we want to feast all the time. <laughs> but then we don't yeah. actually know how to feast. Mm-hmm. We don't actually mm-hmm. know. Like you said, we have to fake it. Mm-hmm. Right. right. You right. Know? Yeah. So say more about how... Um, mm-hmm how we can reclaim this 40-day journey as a, like, how does it prepare us to, to yeah. really experience joy? Yeah, well, I mean, in some ways, we, we've got these, like you said, we've got all these false attachments because we've been given a false promise of fullness. And I think that's what people in the modern age are. They want fullness. They want this mm. sense of overflow Yes, um, that, that their life um, has meaning. And usually it's, it's uh, the most immediate way to feel that fullness is through the appetite mm. and even through the throat, you know, mm. just that sense of like, mm. I'm full, my app, my body is full and mm. buzzed. And I've cut myself off from like all the negative emotions. I've cut myself <laughs> off from my own spiritual life. And, and I've been out of, I've like, as you know, Dante pictures the, fir- like the first ring of hell as being full of people who have, um, been given what they want, which is to be out of control and their desire and their reason have been torn apart. And so now, now desire is, is, uh, permanently detached from reason. And people are like these empty souls being blown about by every, every little wind, you know, and, and that's a little bit of what modern life is like. That's what, you know, feasting without restraint is like, there's, there's no reason and there's no love attached mm. to desire which is mm. ironic because every disney princess i've ever listened to has told me to let my heart be my guide <laughs> right exactly right? Yeah. and uh, yeah. who, who oh, would totally. know love better than a disney princess yeah yeah well, they seem so happy at the end seems, of all the movies yes yeah. right yeah well, you know what we need a disney pr- princess who will go the 40 days of uh 40 days of Lent. that's oh. the disney princess <laughs> disney need. princess we oh this yeah yes <laughs> yes mm. um so let let's before we get too far ahead of ourselves like just what what is lent if maybe some of our yes. listeners are unfamiliar they're like lent starts tomorrow like what does that mean yeah and why are you just yes. telling me yeah yeah so yeah right you <laughs> right. sorry we yeah. could have used a couple weeks this uh, wasn't leading. our idea people yeah, this yeah, is yeah. always this, yeah, yeah. this happens every yeah week. so maybe just give us some contours like what is lent uh yeah. like what does that word mean where does this where does this mm-hmm. come from yeah yes yes yeah, so the definition really, you know, you can define it in a few different ways, but the way I've put it in the past is that Lent is this 40-day pilgrimage to Easter where mm-hmm. we seek to become like Christ. Uh, the word Lent is not in the Bible. It's an old Saxon word for spring, hmm. and, um, and uh, it was originally called in Latin 40th or 40, okay. basically referring to those 40 days. Yeah. It's, it's really giving us an opportunity to join with the historic church and the global church in joining Jesus in the wilderness and, mm. and going out into the wilderness and training for the father's love. Mm. So, uh, and the historic disciplines of Lent have been basically the, the meat, the easy yoke of Lent includes fasting, uh, prayer, and kind of an old quaint word, almsgiving, basically giving your money away. Mm-hmm. And l- what Lent does is it gives a season where those three disciplines can be tied together 
like a str- three-stranded cord, and it can lash us to the presence of Christ mm-hmm. and train us in his grace and basically get us ready for that Easter feast. Yeah, the way you evocative de- images there. I know, yeah. I love the way you describe it. I, like, you know, you started off, you know, you're, the way that you, Matt, yeah. the way that you celebrated it, I was like, ugh, that does sound awful. Yeah, right. Every time I made Aaron myself talks, miserable listening. <laughs> right, right. Every time, uh, <laughs> every time Aaron talks about it, I'm like, oh, that sounds really nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, one of the things that, that really, you said now twice, you've alluded, you said it explicitly and you alluded to it another time, that I want you to unpack for us, how uh, does... How, do, how does giving ourselves over to these disciplines in order to identify with, maybe even like recapitulate Christ's journey in the wilderness, how does mm-hmm. this prepare us for and ready us for God's love? Mm. What, can you connect well, that for me? Sure, absolutely. Well, I think one thing it does is it reveals how weak we are. I mean, I think it's actually a really good experience to fail in fasting and Ooh, prayer and almsgiving. Say that again. I'm going to let it wash over me. Yeah. (laughs) Proclaim it. (laughs) It's good to fail at fasting. And, you know, I I mean, I get, um, and my wife and kids will tell you, my my threshold for patience, like when I'm I'm low on blood sugar and uh, when when I've been trying um, or when I've been training uh, Mm. to to pray, it, it, it becomes difficult. And also when I have less money, I have less freedom. I feel more frustrated. Um, Mm. so it's good to realize, man, the limits that we have, um, because that does open us up to the incredible love of God and God's love is there just as much as it was before. Mm. I think number one, it's good to realize we can't earn that, you know? Yeah. And I think another, another way that it trains us and prepares us to receive more of God's love is that it, it's this, um, painful but necessary detachment from things that we love a little bit too much. Mm. So, you know what? Um, there's some, there's some things that we love to eat, some things we love to drink, some things we love to consume that we love too much. And it's only in the, um, sort of willing giving of those things over, um, Mm. Not to plead, not to make God happy, right. but to just g- basically b- give ourselves more capacity in our souls and in our bodies for His love. Um, so what you know, there, there's just these there's these habits that have been operationalized in our in our bodies and in our relationships that honestly stand opposed to the love of God. We don't yeah, even yeah. know it. Yep. Right. <laughs> yes. So, until, until it's removed. And they were like, oh, I, I really loved that thing. Mm. Oh, but the freedom of letting it go is the freedom of being able to open ourselves up to God's love. The picture, the picture I'm getting as you talk, Aaron, is that these, these things that our hearts are attached to, food, you, you know, drinks, um, our home money, shopping home shopping network, right? Only, <laughs> only after midnight. I know, I know. Um, but, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, these things that our hearts are attached to, they are actually the the way that we giving them up opens us up to the Father's love is that they're actually blocking us from receiving mm-hmm. God's love because our hearts are sort of almost tricked into thinking that we've got something that we don't really have. Like, oh, I know yeah. what I need is, you know, another drink. Yeah. I know what I need is, you know, to be able to go to a movie tonight, you know, yeah. or, or whatever that thing is that our hearts are kind of attached to, that actually that blocks us from being able to receive what we really need, which is God's right. love in those areas. So, so Lent right. is this time where we can 
intentionally let those things go in order to almost examine what's there. Yep. We're not even aware of it until mm-hmm. we let those things go, and then we're like, oh, I'm less patient than I thought I was. You know? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and that, that's right. That connects to the easy yoke that you mentioned yeah. earlier, right? So that the easy yes. yoke of Jesus is freeing up our freedom. Yes. Right? It frees we're yes. freed from being in bondage to our desires. Right. And we don't get there through more more appeasing our desires. Right. That's yeah. that's the sort of the modern promise is that the yes. good life of freedom and liberty lies on the other side of you getting every desire met. Yeah. Right. Jesus yeah. says, yes. Jesus says, and this is what you're talking about, Aaron, and I think this is what Lent provides us, the discipline of, Jesus says, no, uh, your desire needs to be formed and shaped in my love. Yeah. And the way through that, the mm-hmm. way into that is to be confronted with all of the things your desire is doing for you that mm-hmm. yes. you don't even know. Right? Yeah. So if, if eating always makes the hurting stop, <laughs> Jesus can never make the hurting, can never heal the hurting. Right? That's right. Because yeah, the hurting right. is just numbed and medicated, uh, d- disassociated from. Right. And then, like, we've accepted Jesus, quote, into our heart, but really what we've done is just slapped this idea of Jesus onto our uh, life medication machine, which is our appetites. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's just one more way of doing a sacred-secular divide. It's like, hmm. well, I can have Jesus over here, but then this over here is the secular part of me that yeah. medicates yeah. Yeah. through food, drink, um, home shopping network. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, pornography or whatever it might be. Right. Um, and, you know, I think, I think the, um, the invitation of Jesus is to let him take control mm. of that area. Yeah. And in some ways we've got to let him have control. I mean, so some, some of it is giving up comfort and it's not, it's not, com- it's not a comfort. Lent is not a comfortable journey. It's, it is no. a journey to freedom, but it's also not a journey where we have control. You know, we have, mm. all right, I'm going to do this 40-day spiritual adventure, and here are the things that I will do for myself, um, these goals. And it's like a, it's not like a New Year's resolution situation. Right. No. Um, it's a, hey, someone else is going to lead you where you yeah. don't want to go. And mm. it's a good place. I mean, you're, you're walking into the kingdom of God, but you're not in control. Yeah, you never are in the kingdom of God. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's his kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. No, that's good. And I I'm reminded too as we're talking like I think one of the lies that we believe instinctively in our culture is that like if I eat to make the hurting stop, I think I've made the hurting stop. Yeah. Right? But I I haven't. I've numbed my awareness of the hurting. That's all yes. I've done. And so, you know, sometimes people will be like, I don't like fasting because I I get really impatient. But, you know, to paraphrase C.S. Lewis, I think C.S. Lewis said something about this where he said, like, fasting doesn't, or like, discipline doesn't, doesn't create that misery, it reveals it. Yes. So it's not that fasting makes me impatient, it's that fasting reveals how impatient I am. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I just have removed these crutches that I normally lean on to cover my impatience, right? That's exactly right. And that's, that's why... It's it is a journey into freedom because Jesus wants to put his finger on those things. He wants right. to take the candle of the Holy Spirit and, and lead you to that part of your life that is you know kind of tucked away. But it's like, hey, I want to I want to deal with this part of you, mm-hmm. and I want this room that you're that 
that you're stuffing things into. I want this to be filled with my glory and my love and my freedom. Yes. Um, because he's, he's preparing us for, for unimaginable love hmm. and glory and communion. Yes. And so um, this, is, this is the sort of the training for that and the revealing of that, the apocalypsis yes. of the things that we want to keep hidden. Um, mm. He wants, to, he wants to, to lovingly reveal as only he can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've talked a little bit about, so there's some unhelpful ways to observe Lent, right? You can, you can be a fasting champion and be proud of it, right? That'd be, that'd be unhelpful. Um, you can give uh, a lot of money away, but then uh, make sure everybody knows that you yeah. gave a lot of money away. This right. is Matthew 6, right? Right. Matthew 6 is traditionally read um, uh, on the first Sunday of Lent. No, no, no. That's the temptations of Christ. I think it's Ash Wednesday, isn't it? Matthew 6. Yes. So, so when yes. you do your giving, you're praying and fasting. Um, can you give us uh, give us a couple more, maybe some practical handholds? So, say I'm convinced that Lent isn't just some hipster nonsense, uh, and that I that it maybe a trend it. that'll go away, right? Like a fad, you know that, that or something old, something old, and uh, like it's one of those rituals and feasts that Paul talks about in his epistles that right. people yeah. want to yeah. hold on to, but they actually don't so, do any good work for us. Well, maybe yeah. let's pause there. Let, let's let's not assume that. Can you speak to that, Aaron? Like, what about sure. Colossians, you know, where it's like, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're celebrating feasts. Stop it. You know, like, yeah. what, what about that? Like, what do, we, what do we do with that? Yeah. You know, when you look at the context of what Paul was speaking to in these passages, a lot of what you see is sort of just the beginnings, quite frankly, of, of, of Gnosticism. Mm. And um, that, that's taking hold in these early churches. And... They were body denying heresy, you know, body denying ways of thinking and living. Mm-hmm. And that was wrapped up in some of these fasts that um, it was in, in some ways, it wasn't training the body for freedom. It was, um, it, it was a demonstration of the body doesn't have the value in, in the story of God's redemptive plan. Huh. So he's not addressing, you know, Paul himself fasted. And right. he, you know, he talked about how he trained his body like an athlete mm. for the purpose of righteousness and, yeah. and his union with Jesus. So mm. Paul's not opposed to fasting. He's opposed to um, body denying ascetic practices um, that uh, have, have roots in Gnosticism and that end in foolishness. And mm. so um, I think there's a big distinction here. Yeah, what I hear you, yeah, yeah, what I hear you saying then, Aaron, mm. is that, sorry to interrupt you. Um, no, no. What you're saying is like it's it's Lent functions the in the opposite way for us. Yeah. In yes. that in that it's reconnecting our spirituality to our bodies. Yes. And saying our appetites and desires that reign and live in our actual bodies. That's that, right. That maybe there's nothing more spiritual you can do than to not have coffee for forty days. Mm. Deal with your body's conditioning to rely on that to be your refuge yes. and your strength, mm-hmm. and yes. learn how to trust the Lord in the midst of your two p.m. yawns. Yes, that's yeah. exactly right, and that's, and that's a really good way of putting it. And that that matters, like matter matters. Whereas Gnosticism would say, yes. "Well, matter's unfortunate," and there's yes. some ideal world of spiritual realities that will finally escape to one. Yeah, day. yeah. So yeah. that's that's what Paul is is telling people to avoid. Right? He's not saying that's like exactly right. Never fast. Don't know? don't pray right. at a certain time. Right. Yeah. He's not saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, that helps. Yeah. Good. All right. That so helps. let's say now we're convinced. Okay. Now now I'm a little closer. 
Right, right. Now, you know, um, now we're ready. So what, uh, what practical ideas would you give? Let's just say I'm an individual and I'm just thinking, I'm just going to experiment with Lent. Um, yeah. I'm going to, you know, like, can or you my give church. us... church, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, like, as an individual, like, what, what, what can I do? Uh, maybe I want to do something with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe I'm a pastor and I want to do something with my church. Um, so the yeah. kind of three levels of practical... Can you give us some practical ideas on how to yes. observe Lent? Definitely. I mean, one thing to, to, to consider is that it might be good to just practice it, you and, and maybe a, someone in your, your small group, maybe your small group practices it hmm. before you try to scale it to people yeah. who are under your influence, hmm. because we try to give something away that we don't have ourselves. It's not mm. going to bear the kind of fruit mm. that, that, that I think we all want it to. And so really one thing yeah. that it's just good to be reminded is it comes every year. Um, <laughs> it's going to come next year. Yep. And so, so, you know, take on, take on Lent, give it a shot this year, c- bring others along only in, in as much as you're ready to, mm-hmm. um, but don't do it alone. Uh, so, so it's going to get hard and you don't want to take the journey alone. And so if there's a way to include people in a way that you're ready for, that's, that's the, the, who, who are you going to do this with is a big big question okay just to discern through okay that's good yeah that's helpful so what like if we've got some if we've got a who like what are some yes. practical ideas what like if i want to say all right i want to i want to try fasting what does that mean yes like or or giving or or, or uh-huh. praying developing a discipline <laughs> yeah. of prayer right yeah. yeah or a new discipline yeah. or something like that what can um, we do definitely so before i get practical there's one more like consideration and that okay. is just to spend some time if so if today's Tuesday, or maybe it's even Ash Wednesday, or even if, if you're, we're already into Lent, mm-hmm. um, take some time with Jesus to ask him, Lord, what is your invitation to me this Lent? Mm, that's good. Maybe you do open the Sermon on the Mount, mm. or you open Galatians 5, and you say, put your put your finger on something, mm. and give me a vision, for very, and be as specific as possible. Mm. What formation do you want for me, Jesus? And then whatever you do for fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, and confession, all of that then points in one direction. That's good. And I think that's where the power is. That's where the, that's where the potency is. And maybe it is, Jesus says, you know what? It's a caffeine addiction. And, um, <laughs> um, but, but more, more likely, I think the Lord will, will, will show us there's something behind, as you guys were talking about, behind the, behind the numbing, yeah. um, behind the, the addiction yeah. that he wants to, renew and restore. Mm. And so spend time in solitude before jumping in and asking the Lord, Hey, point something out. So that's the, that's, that's the one final thing I'll say before. That is, that's super helpful. Hmm. Really, really important. I mean, I think that just set, yeah, that's then it's, it's not like a, a, some good ideas that I have to fix up my or I've been spiritual want, life. I've been wanting to lose 10 pounds anyway. Right. So I'm yeah, going to fast totally. from yeah, ho-hos and yeah. ding-dongs. Right. Yeah. This is more of a, uh, an invitation from Jesus, uh, where you're, you're actually going to be, yeah. So you don't responding just, yeah, to him. yeah. You don't just decide on a fast. You discern yes. it with God. Yeah. That's right. And maybe That's even exactly in, right. in community, like I'm going to check with my wife, you know, what I'm, planning on and just saying, hey, will you help me discern this? Yeah. Maybe you yes. too, Ben. Yeah. I should check with your wife? That's weird. You should no. check with my wife about me. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like, I'm going to bounce it off you guys. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good. So discern it. The, f- the first practical idea is 
uh, don't start with practical ideas. Talk to Jesus about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Talk to Jesus yeah. about it. Discern it. Great. And also talk to him about, you know, what part of you doesn't want to say yes to him. Mm. I mean, I, there, there's parts of us that are like, like, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to take that invitation. Right. Um, you know, my, my, my will part of me says, I want that part of me says, I, I don't want that. And I think if we can, we can discern that too. Yes. That's really helpful because that will play a big role. Yeah, that's good. There are things in our body, in our minds, in our, in our families hmm. and social structure, even generational patterns that, that resist that invitation that say, no, I don't want that. Hmm. I, I, but the more we can be honest about that, we can bring that into conversation with the Lord and he can go, yes. Hey, I see that. And let's work through this. And so then the yes will be more wholehearted. Mm. Um, it's like the Dallas Willard it. model. Yeah. Jesus gives the vision and then we can respond with a, with a, you know, that, um, uh, intention, uh, intention. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. The yes, the wholehearted. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the honest, here's my less hearted, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then from there, um, almsgiving and fasting and prayer and confessing our sins and worshiping on Sundays, all of that then makes a lot more sense. And then, then you're not going, why am I doing this? Um, mm. Why am I not even fish on Fridays? Why am I fasting? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, Yeah, that's great. And there, there's tons of ideas in the book uh, as well. I, I found when I read it that it, it was just a really helpful, practical uh, guide to getting started you know, maybe some little rituals you can do with your family, yeah. um, some ways to invite uh, others into it. Um, but I really, I really love your advice. I mean, this podcast is coming out the day before Lent, and you're not, you may not be listening to it until Lent. And so if this is your first year of kind of trying to observe or celebrate, uh, I don't know if you really celebrate Lent, maybe you would just observe it. But um, if this is your first year, maybe it is a good year to just just try a couple things with some friends, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with your spouse, rather than try to implement some big program for your church. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But next year, maybe yeah. there's a, a chance to invite some more people into it. Um, Aaron, how do you go about discerning your discipline for Lent? Have you done that already? Or is it something that you are in conversation about? How do you... How yeah, do you that's... That? So So we're at um, kind of end of February recording this. So I that's that's one thing on my... On my um, sites this week is to spend a little bit more time with the Lord and ask him what he wants from me. I also want to, I want to talk to, you know, people in my life, um, my Bishop and my wife and other people who can see things I don't see and just be like, what do you think the Lord might be putting his finger on, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, I usually do, uh, in the, you know, in recent years, it's been a consistent thing where alcohol and sugar are two things that, um, that are, pretty clear that, that those really do help me uh, enter in more consistently. And then there's a, someone taught me this thing for fasting, which has been really helpful is if you go once a week where you start with dinner the night before, and then you can fast from at least breakfast and lunch, mm-hmm. um, and then return to dinner the following night, that's like a 24 hour fast. And it gets you into a rhythm every week where, um, you can you can you can integrate fasting in in a way that's kind of doable, and mm. it's not like a um, sort of you know overwhelming starvation yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe so, doing that once a week 
or yeah. once or twice a week, maybe just like a 24 hour mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. And then alcohol and sugar are for you like pretty consistently helpful fasts. They, yeah, they really are yeah. helpful. Cause I, I, I can, I can feel that even, you know, the, uh, just even that longing for dessert after dinner, <laughs> like oh, I want to, I do want to feel kind of satiated yeah. Yeah. and, um, yeah. and it's just a little bit of a check. And then usually a few weeks in, I'm like, man, I do feel more free. Um, hmm. and, uh, and again, it's, it's not about, it's not about weight loss. Right. It, it's, it really is about sort of, yeah. Undoing all the layers of the false self that, yep. um, mm. we don't even know are there. Yeah. And you mentioned sugar. I mean, even, even the alcohol thing, it can be hard to go without your breakfast bourbon, you know? Yeah, that's but right. And, you know, a uh, couple yeah. days into but, it. But Jesus yeah. is inviting us and yeah. right saying, <laughs> at least staff meetings without your breakfast bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a challenge. Uh, everybody has to carry their cross. Ben, yeah. do you have any thoughts uh, yet? Preliminary thoughts about yours? Um, I, I would echo Aaron. Al- alcohol is usually like alcohol and sweets are like, typically like a, yeah. that's, that's what I'm going to be doing for sure. Um, I have found the last few years that, um, the 24 hour fast that you talked about, Aaron, like that's been really helpful for me. I typically do that on Fridays. I'll probably do that again. Yeah. Um, I haven't thought much about it past that. Though. Okay. All right. That's good. How about you? Well, I think it's really good for those of us who are, are new to Lent and the discipline of fasting to know that it's more than just food. So I have a lot of friends that have a difficult time, like fasting from a meal or even all day is like too high of a bar, mm-hmm. but maybe yeah. maybe um, uh, deleting your uh, um, app on your phone that checks email, or mm-hmm. right, or going to bed at, at like 9.30 and getting up at 6, right? Mm-hmm. So fasting from just sort of like doing this discreet stuff with my time. Mm. It's really helpful for people to reimagine what does it mean to give up? And it's not simply just, you know, eating fish fish fillets on Fridays or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, for yes. me, if we're talking about like um, reordering our attachments, I probably have to fast from fasting because I just do it so much. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Pretty right. much the best at it. No. Pretty, uh-huh. <laughs> no, I've actually been thinking about, um, I mean, I bring up coffee for a reason. I think, mm. you know, coffee has become... It's kind of my, it, I mean, I, I'm sort of ADD, so it's sort of my street mm. Ritalin, you know? Mm. It's like a life mm. hack that I've adopted to sort of help me focus. Mm. And um, part of that's because I have a lot of shame in my inability to be attentive mm. in the way that society asks me to be. And, yeah. and almost is like, this is the ex- expectation of, of humanity, that you perform like this, and coffee gets me closer to sort of society's expectation. Mm. But if I'm going to... Um, if I'm going to like learn to deal with that shame and learn how to be in the, with the Lord with it, like caffeine for me is one of the ways I compensate for it. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so just allowing my, allowing the, like the, <laughs> the, the complete unadulterated Matt Tebby out, you know, without mm-hmm. caffeine, without, without this crutch. Mm-hmm. I th- it's one of the things that I'm, I'm kicking around. Hmm. Um, yeah. And then, honestly, too, listening to my body. So, um, there's days when I feel like I need a nap, and I feel lots of shame about that, too. Hmm. And rather than nap, I'll just, you know, uh, have a cup of coffee. Power through. Power through it, you know? Um, and I think that me being in touch with the frailty, weakness, um, 
needs, like actual biological needs of my body mm. uh, is, is helpful for me. It's really mm. helpful. Mm. My creatureliness matters. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that, I mean, I think that's the kind of sort of uh, beautiful, vulnerable self-awareness that the Lord's inviting all of us to. And what you just shared is a great model for us to follow. I mean, it's, it, yeah, like you said, it's not just the coffee, but what's behind it? What does it mean? What, yeah. what, what work is it doing know? for me? Yeah. Yes. It's yes. not, it's not just this thing, yeah. but it actually is doing work for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, and I think that, that, that kind of captures for me, like, that's what Lent uh, can be about, is this increase if we're if we're honest with ourselves if we're honest with others um, if we're vulnerable and self aware like it can grow our, our awareness it's not just about the performance of fasting and giving yes and, you know it's not just about the performance of it where I can check it off the list and say I fasted for Lent I successfully you know did my plan I only broke my fast sixteen times right which right. is better than last year when yeah I broke and this gets back to like what you led with which is like even our failures in Lent are an opportunity for us to grow in awareness of God's grace for us, awareness of mm-hmm. why we failed. Like, what, like what is this that I, I made this commitment and then I broke it? Why? Like, what's happening in me that made me feel like I just need this right now, right? Mm-hmm. It's more than just total depravity is what you're saying. Right. I can't just, I can't just throw that, like, well, we're all full of sin, so yeah. everybody's off the hook. No, it's like, no, what, pay attention to it. Like, how does God's grace want to meet you Specifically, in the midst of in the midst of this, and we get there, the more aware of self we become, and our our deep desires and drives, the more aware we are of those things, uh, the the better we are able to receive God's grace in those places. So, and Lent is an opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's beautifully stated. Hmm. It really is. It's you know you're describing hunger pains that you know point us in the direction of. Hunger pains for for grace, hunger pains yes. for the, for the love of God, mm. um, and it's just crazy how close our physical hunger pains and physical headaches yeah. really help us see those spiritual um, hunger pains and the spiritual headaches. That like part of me needs communion from something more beautiful and satisfying from the outside, mm. and um, mm. until the substitutes, until I starve my system. And my series of systems from the substitutes. Yes, um, you know it's harder for us to see the face of the face of God and the glory of God, the goodness of the, the goodness that He has for us. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, there's this beautiful undoing, but it's never never feels yeah. beautiful somehow yeah. until it's over. I know. I never look forward to Lent. <laughs> yeah. Like even now, I'm just thinking about. It, I'm like, oh, geez, Lent's coming. I actually uh, like all truth be told here, uh-huh. if I can be honest. For the first time in for the minutes. first time in the podcast, <laughs> first time in my life, uh, I actually my personality is a very Lent personality. Yeah, you, there's a there's a melancholy. Um, there's yeah. sort of this uh, there's sort of this committed moroseness uh-huh. that sort of permeates <laughs> all my perspective, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, I mistrust sort of sunshines and tulips. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so Lent is like the time of year when I want to surround myself with people that are actually mm-hmm. experiencing the reality the way I normally mm-hmm. do. Mm. Well, I'm glad you're looking forward to it. I don't look forward to it. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. My my perspective is still morose about Lent, but right. at least there's other but people who are... You kind of like look forward. It's like everybody else can join me in my... Solidarity. Yeah, this is how I feel all the time, In my everybody. melancholy. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, yes. thanks for uh, putting up with our jokes. and Thanks for being oh. here, man. 
It's been so fun. Thanks for having me. And yeah. uh, the good of giving up. The good of giving up is the uh, freedom of Lent. Discovering. Discovering the freedom, the freedom of Lent. Yeah. yeah, we'll put a, You gotta discover uh, it. You, you do. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't just so I can't just read about Lent. I can't just buy your book and read about Lent and dis- and have the freedom. <laughs> I actually well, you, do it. You, you could if you were Gnostic, right? Oh, I've been That's enlightened right. about Lent. I don't need to free. practice it yeah. because I've... Uh, yeah. No, I know about it. No, I know about it. God is my refuge. Uh, I don't have to trust him as my refuge. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't I have can to still drink coffee yeah. because I know that this isn't my real refuge. See, what Lent reveals oh. is that we've inherited a Gnostic Enlightenment Cartesian oh, spirituality that, that abstracts God into yeah. non-real spaces of our life. Yeah. If yes. I have the knowledge, I'm good. I don't need to do it. This is so Lent saves us from hell, basically. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Aaron, it's been great to be with you. And uh, oh, it's been great talking, guys. God bless yeah. you and your ministry in Chicago, and maybe we'll talk again yeah, soon. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Great, guys. Peace, y'all. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you enjoy learning from this podcast, please be sure to show your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. Be sure to share with your friends on social media too. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. You can join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.